Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jack's Corner. I'm your host, Tarzan Banana, and with me, as always, is our founder, Jack Figgle. Today, he's going to guide us through how he got Robert Taft uh, to join the ranks of the Orientale Lumen family, and some fun stories might come about it. Uh, this is due to the fact that we're almost done with the first series of Robert Taft's The Byzantine Liturgy History. All right, Jack, take it away. Good morning, Tarzan, and good morning, everyone listening in. Uh, it's good to be with you as we come down the final couple of weeks before Christmas, and everyone has Christmas gifts on their minds. Uh, perhaps this might give you an opportunity to take a little break and listen to something other than Christmas carols and uh, sales being offered to get your Christmas gifts bought uh, from whatever vendor your favorite uh, buyer is. Um, Father Robert Taft uh, was a well, very well known liturgist, uh, even by the Orthodox, including his All Holiness Patriarch Bartholomew, considered him the best Byzantine liturgist in the world uh, in terms of research about not only the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, but the entire history uh, and culture of the Byzantine daily office and Byzantine liturgies and how the Byzantine church celebrated uh, all the services of the church, how they were uh, adjusted under the imperial uh, support from the days of Constantine up through the days of Cyril Methodius, sort of the uh, 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 golden age of Byzantium uh, in the middle of the first millennium. And um, Father Taft was... Uh, uh, an interesting character, to say the least. He was very, very smart, uh, studied a lot, uh, wrote a lot, uh, and uh, it was an honor and pleasure for me to get to know him. Um, I think my first encounter with him um, was when we were, had just started Oriental Illumin, um, around 97 or 98, and Archbishop Sevlod, one of our founders, the Ukrainian Orthodox Archbishop from New York and then moved to Chicago, who helped me get the first Oriental Lumen conference started with the help of Metropolitan Callistos and uh, Archbishop Sevlog. Um, we, uh, Archbishop Sevlog was coming to Washington um, for an event at the White House. Uh, he was frequently invented to state dinners and things involving uh, high-level Ukrainian officials, and he was on their list of people to invite to fill the house with Ukrainian speakers uh, and to act as uh, not only uh, guests and, and tying into the politics of America, but also uh, a basic need, and that was providing translation amongst the guests between English and Ukrainian. So Archbishop Shavod was a, uh, a frequent uh, visitor. Um, the uh, first time 
that he did this, he called a few days before and he said to me, Mr. Figo, I'm coming to Washington. I'd like to stay overnight. Um, and I'd like to have you arrange for us to have dinner with Father Taft. I'm told that he is in Washington this week. And I said, oh, your grace, I would love to, but I don't know Father Taft, never met him. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll give it a try. So uh, I put on my sales 101 hat from when I used to call on uh, executives of clients who I did not know and was just trying to get an appointment uh, back in my day as a computer software salesman and uh, called to Dumbarton Oaks and I asked for Father Taft's room and uh, not not too different, but slightly different from how an, a, an executive was greeted. He did not have a receptionist, and so he just answered the phone himself. And he said, Bob Taft. I said, oh, Father Taft. Uh, I didn't expect him to get on the phone right away. I thought I had to go through a couple of more receptionists, and so I had to sort of quickly adjust my spiel to talk to him directly. And I explained to him that I was calling on behalf of our Archbishop Sevillod and that the, the Archbishop wanted to come and visit him while he was in New York on his sabbatical. And Father Taft, as he would typically do with any first-timers asking for his time, would tend to try to uh, sort of put them off uh, the old uh, adage of, get away from me, boy, you bother me, kind of attitude of, you know, I've got work to do. I don't have time to be just chit-chatting with people. And so, uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I'm leaving for Rome in two weeks, and I have all this work to get done. Uh, and I made the immediate comeback, which turned out to work, and that was, well, Father Ted, uh, you have to eat. We would like to invite you out for dinner. Well, that changed the, 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 the reaction, you know, right away. He said, well, yes, yes, I, I, I do have to eat. And so we made arrangements uh, for us to pick him up uh, to take him for dinner. Uh, a few nights later, the Archbishop came down by train from New York. I picked him up. Uh, we went and got him settled at my house, and we drove downtown, met Father Taft at Dumbart Notes, picked him up at the airport, uh, sorry, at the uh, uh, parking lot, the main entrance, and he, he came up to the car, and the archbishop got out, and uh, Taft bent over and touched the ground and asked for his blessing, just like you would any other Orthodox or other Catholic prelate, and gave him all the due respects uh, of, a, of a bishop, you know, a very ecumenical gesture. Uh, and uh, then we got into my car and drove over to uh, one of the um, best restaurants in Georgetown. It was called the 1789. So, so we went to the 1789 restaurant and we pulls up and they have valet parking. And as soon as we get out of the car and I give my keys to the valet parker and get my ticket, the archbishop leans over to me and says, ah, yes, Mr. Figel, this is the kind of place to bring Father Taft. And so we walked in the front door. The major D asked for how many. Anyway, we said three. So we went and sat down. And in a few minutes, the waiter came by. Uh, 
But in the meantime, Father Taft, as he's sitting down, says, ah, excuse me, I happen to see the president of Georgetown University over at another table. And so he excused himself and said, oh, I'm, I must go and pay my respects to the president. Uh, he's another Jesuit. I know him well, uh, just to you know, say hello to him. And uh, so Father Taft goes over to the president and chit-chats for a while. And Father, the archbishop leans over across the table again to me and said, oh, Mr. Fiegel, this is really the right place to bring Father Taft if the president of Georgetown University eats here. So I made two positive points with the archbishop in selecting the restaurant. Well, the waiter takes our drink order and I ordered my standard Pittsburgh highball of bourbon and ginger ale. Uh, and the archbishop ordered uh, a Bombay blue sapphire gin martini uh, straight up. And I never heard of Bombay sapphire gin and he explained to me that it was the best quality and one of the highest priced, and that that was the kind of gin martinis that, you know, elite people drank. So I learned that lesson. And um, Father Taft comes back, and having not heard that conversation with the waiter, sits down, and the waiter said, oh, and Father, what would you like to drink? And he immediately says, a Bombay blue sapphire gin martini on the rocks. <laughs> and of course, I chuckle and say to them, see, that's the only difference between Catholics and Orthodox. One takes it on the rocks, and the other one takes it straight up. We, we got to be able to come up with agreement on all the other things, if that's the only thing that we're different about. And they chuckled and laughed, and that broke the ice, literally, and they've been good personal friends ever since. So we had a nice uh, dinner, and through the course of dinner, Archbishop Sevlot, always looking out for me and trying to help me with the Oriental Lumen Conference, suggested uh, that Father Taft come and be a speaker at the next conference. And when an Archbishop like that asks, Father Taft was hard-pressed to say no, and so he agreed. And uh, in fact, we, I think, uh, set the theme based on input from Father Taft. And that was, uh, uh, I think the second one, the second conference was about Oriental and Lumen, uh, more about uh, uh, ecumenical things, whereas the first Oriental Lumen conference was about the document Oriental Lumen itself. But then the third conference when Father Taft was invited and was scheduled to come was about Mary and her feast days. And that's the one that Father Taft was able to bring in his liturgical expertise and knowledge of the calendar and some of the theology of the feast days of Mary uh, into the conversation. And so uh, he then started appearing at Oriental Lumen conferences for the next 20 years uh, after that, uh, contributing almost always from the standpoint of liturgy. Uh, I think one, one year we were having some other topic and I asked if he would speak on it. And he said, well, you should know better. The only thing I talk about is liturgy. So what's that got to do with liturgy? And Come so, up with something. Oh, so we 
I said to him, well, I thought maybe you'd be able to come up with something, but he said, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll pass on this year. Uh, -huh. so we did. Uh, and then, um, so thereafter, uh, he would come and, um, after a few years of getting to know him better and traveling back and forth to Rome, he uh, also uh, indicated he wanted to come a few days early and stay a few days late um, with the conference dates so that he could make, you know, a substantial trip of coming all the way from Rome. And so I would arrange for him to stay at my home so when Father Taft would come before or stay after an Oriental Illumin conference, um, we would discuss having him video record lectures that he had been giving uh, related to the liturgy <clears throat> in all sorts of other venues. And of course, he always retained copyright to his own material, so he felt that he could record it for other purposes. And... Uh, <clears throat> So he would pick out a few selections, um, but with him, different from Metropolitan Calistos, he preferred to work from a completed text that he would read from. Even when he gave an Oriental paper, he always had a text up on a podium. And instead of, uh, rather than uh, reading sort of more spontaneously and talking about a subject that he had notes about, he would have a full, complete text. So uh, I thought I would get smart in trying to make a homemade version of a uh, double-windowed teleprompter so that he could be looking at the camera and reading his text off of a piece of glass. Um, that would that scroll as he spoke. Exactly. Um, so it would not look like he was reading it from a piece of paper or from a screen other than, you know, this. so I cre created my own homemade three foot by three foot by four foot uh, frame of wood with the glass and a place to put the camera uh, and uh, the two-way glass that made the whole thing work. And then I'd have to, I had to put a third piece of glass in because when you look at a camera through a piece of glass, the glass automatically inverts the image. And so all the lettering was coming up backwards on the screen. Uh, and one way to fix that was to go in and edit every text file so that it read backwards uh, from the computer. Um, but that was gonna be such a pain for all of his talks uh, because then if I had to edit something, it was really, really tough to find a word that needed to be corrected that was backwards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I came up with the engineering solution of putting a second mirror in for the camera. So the camera played from one mirror that flipped the image. That mirror played it to the double mirror that you could see through, which flipped the image again, and it came out straight. And, of course... Because of Father Taft's poor eyesight, I had to make a nice big letters with only a few lines because I didn't want his head moving from side to side. Uh, he was not a professional politician that could read a teleprompter without moving his head. And so 
that's what we tried, I think, for two or three of them. And then at the end of those, I decided that everybody knew he was reading a text, and therefore, why not put a piece of paper in front of him and just let him read it? Let him read it and let people see that he's reading it and be done with it. However, the fact that you had to figure all that out kind of gives you insight on how the human eye works, how God yes. had to make the human eye. Because <laughs> yep. everything is going in upside down. Yep. Yep. So uh, that, was, that was how we got started with Father Taft. So we did uh, sort of a random series, uh, probably three to four lectures every visit. Um, and Father Taft sort of had them identified, um, but not clearly into groups. And when it came time that we had done about 20 of these, I said, Father, we got to break these up into groups. Uh, here's my proposal. So that's when I came up with the three uh, packages in our AE series, numbers two, three, and four, which are the history of liturgy, the spirituality of liturgy, and the theology of liturgy. Uh, and those are just buckets that I put the talks that he uh, presented, that we recorded, uh, into groups to put them into an AE package of six or seven discs for each one. Um, and for the most part, those recordings were done in my basement, uh, where I have my own personal library. Um, and so it's a pretty good acoustic room with bookcases and filled with books all on one wall, uh, a nice acoustic ceiling tile, um, and a nice big, um, Turkish rug from Istanbul on the floor and all the other things you typically have in a good sized room. And there was room for Father Taft to move around and sit in chairs. And we could have different kinds of scenery behind books, in front of chairs, in front of icons on the wall. And uh, at that time, I also had a young fellow for the summer that was working that he would come and spend a day or two with Father Taft recording things. Uh, and then he would do the editing for me, and I'd, I'd finally produce produce the talk. So, so we we captured Father Taft uh, like we were doing with Metropolitan Callistos, the essence of their uh, teachings. Um, and those first three AE packages was where we got started. Um, a few years after all that, Father Taft came to me and said that he was going to be um, giving a retreat to the Ukrainian Catholic students uh, here in Washington, uh, and that he had designed the retreat in such a way that he felt the content should be a book. Mm. Uh, and so that was the book, uh, Liturgy, Model of Prayer, Icon of Life, uh, that we did publish as a book. And then we took the various chapters and sections of the book and had him read the book into a video camera and we made a complete set of videos for that, which is another AE package. Um, and um, we've done that for one or two other of his topics. Uh, and we've also taken some of his Oriental Roman speeches and put them into uh, other packages with other OL speakers and called them 
uh, orientellar lumen through the ears, or in the case of taft and calluses, orientellar lumen with taft through the ears, uh, where we take all of taft's talks uh, from an orientellar lumen conference and put them all together as a, one, a, a, an eight to 10 disc package with all of his lectures uh, over, over you know, a 10 or 12 year period when he was doing a lot of our conferences. Uh, one of the, the bigger counts, conferences in which he participated uh, and was a major player was the OL14, uh, which was also the Euro East 3 conference in Istanbul on the same topic of the church councils. And so uh, he and others, including Callistos and Sister Vasa and a few others, uh, spoke about uh, the ecumenical councils and how they impacted church unity uh, or disunity. And we had uh, talks, some of which were the same and some of which were different, both at two uh, locations in the U.S., Washington and California, and then we had a third conference on the same subject in Istanbul later that summer, uh, in which both Taft and Callistos spoke uh, at both of those uh, and pretty much gave the same talk at each one. So those were uh, all the things we've done with Taft over the years, and uh, well, very proud that we've been able to capture things that he has not ever written into books or written as essays even. Uh, we've just captured them as, as audio visuals of, of him. Uh, and, uh, you know, towards the end, the last couple of um, OL talks, uh, when he had retired from his teaching position in Rome and spent the last two, three years of his life at the Jesuit Retirement Center in Weston, Massachusetts, outside of Boston, I would fly up and spend two days with him uh, recording one, typically, or sometimes two uh, lectures um, for him uh, to then be used as an OL presentation during a conference, because I had, by that time, got the equipment and the expertise to be able to do all this video recording myself uh, and edit the, the results and produce a show that people were willing to watch and listen. And it was a way to get some of these, you know, more senior experts to participate without having to travel. They could stay in the comfort of their home or where they lived, and I would go around and get them to talk into a video. It wasn't interactive. They wouldn't take questions. Um, we had to wait for Zoom to come along for that to, to, to work. Uh, but we were able to get remote speakers that uh, I would go around and collect by plane for the month before the conference, and then we would show them at the conference to everyone else who came. So that's how we got Father Taft. That's <laughs> how you got Father Taft. Um, and um, Archbishop Sevlod passed away, I think, before Father Taft did. And... Uh, I took my cameras to both of their funerals and recorded them, uh, and they're now special events on the OLTV streaming video series uh, for people to go see uh, what a real funeral of an Eastern bishop is like, 
And in the case of Father Taft, uh, I think he spent a whole year designing and writing authentic translations of a Byzantine funeral of a hiero monk. All right, then. So uh, both, both funerals were captured, and, uh, uh, you know, I feel good that we're, you know, we've honored them with even a recording of their, of their funerals. Just another thing that, uh, the final thing that our commander Robert Taft gave us. Yep. <laughs> the official OLTV funeral. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, wow. So that's, that's what's going on with OLTV these days with regard to Father Taft. And uh, we have some other uh, presenters that we can talk about next time that I've recorded in different parts of the country uh, on different topics, uh, both Catholics and mostly Eastern Catholics, but a few others. And uh, we can uh, delve into them a bit more next time. All right. Then for all those listening, thank you for coming to the this episode of Jack's Corner. And we can't wait to see you back next week. God bless.